tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome to That Christian Geeky Couple. From Boise, Idaho, this is Adam. And Andrea Graham. And we're bringing you That Christian Geeky Couple as we talk about uh, the Flash and the race of his life. And uh, it starts out where we at last learn what Zoom has wanted, what he has been going for all of these months of planning and plotting and killing and head games. What he wants is a race. What? What should we have expected from him? Uh, I don't know. It's just You make that sound like it's anticlimactic. It's just kind of, you know, I was like, huh, what? He actually wanted a bit more of an erase, honey. I know, well, and again, you need to sing the spoiler song, I guess. Spoilers! Spoilers! Spoilers ahead! Spoilers! He actually wanted to wipe out all but one planet in the entire uh, multiverse, um, and the planet he wanted to keep is the one he was living on, except he's a Murph too, so he should have wanted to blow up the Flash's planet, but apparently he decided he'd rather live on the Flash's planet so the Flash will be around for him to gloat. Well, yeah, I mean, that is... The- that almost makes sense. He has shown a tendency to want somebody around for him to gloat to. Yes. And the thing is, they did have an explanation of sorts. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the context of quantum physics about this being the central hub of universes. Uh, It makes sense in ego physics. uh, Yeah. Um, But uh, nobody will permit Barry to race Zoom, figuring that he's just too angry and so they knock him out, and they lock him up, and they commence their own plan to defeat Zoom that ends up in Joe being captured. The episode should have ended with them putting Barry back and lock up before he did anything stupid, but I digress. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Um, kind of. We'll get to the end in a second. Uh, Wally was interesting in this episode. Uh, kind of a very realistic reaction and uh, motivations. Um, and uh, again, uh, a lot of, um, uh, you know, the e- you know he broke Barry out, which just attests to the how crummy Star Lab security is. Which they have very well established in the series. However, the question is, when will they fix it? Rather than continually leaving it crummy for plot convenience. Well, yeah. But Joe is taken to another universe, and so Barry agrees to the race. Because really the characters have no internal reason to want to make, uh, you know, things convenient for the writers. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I think that that does need changed. But Barry uses Vibing to go to Earth 2 and agrees to the big race. And I actually thought the race scene was fairly well done. Though, um, one reviewer did point out that Jay could have just created his own speed remnants, which has been kind of the basis, or time remnants, to uh, power this thing up. But the thing is... Uh, and I, we shouldn't call him Jay. We should call him Zolman. Uh, Zolman needed to prove that he was definitively the fastest man alive. And he couldn't do that against his own speed remnants. Um, and even though the speed remnant thing didn't make a ton of sense, at least they, you know, logically, they at least established it in universe. And I thought the way that scene played out, and certainly the emotional energy of his friends, you know, Barry's friends being willing to stand by him. Let me just say that every time I do it, I say to myself, that makes no sense. Yeah. Well, it, it doesn't. There ought to be some sort of payment, some, you know. You don't just be able to kill this yourself and not have to actually, you know, actually. It's like, okay. Basically, the speed remnants is them basically having his charge card. That's the way this appears to be. Like, they, they could just put this, you know, this time dead on their charge card. And they seem to think that they never ever have to pay the charge card. Well, Barry did say to be and fair. And I tend to think they're, you know, those, you know, those really weird street key guys. Mm-hmm. Those appear to me to be the very um, credit card bouncer b- dudes. You know what I'm trying to say? Collections agencies. Those are t- those are time credit card collections agents. When you've put up too many debts on your time credit card and have created too much of a mess. Well, that was actually part of Barry's plan. Was Barry? went back in time to tick them off in hopes that when they got there, they would decide that Zoom was the bigger offender, and as a result, they would come after Zoom rather than him. Which was actually a pretty good bet, because that's how it worked out. And, uh, we... Zoom kind of was the one um, driving the whole issue. Yeah, it was like Zoom started it. And once that was taken care of, nobody else would go and mess with time and space um, until the end. And we'll get to that in a second. And we do find out who the man in the iron mask was. Which, actually, if you've been watching message boards, people had guessed. But you know what? I think Barry was actually calculating this very well. He was was calculating... I bet he was calculating that this would result, that this change would result in him never coming the Flash, never having the powers to mess with time. So he was betting that they would leave it alone a little Honey, bit. Honey, we're not, we're not to talking to that point yet. Oh, I thought we had. No, no. I was talking about, the last thing I said was about um, Jay, uh, about misunderstood. the revelation of the real Jay Garrick as the man in the Iron Mask. Which surprise! We were all expecting that. Well, and we uh, also it turned out that he was the doppelganger of uh, uh, Barry's dad from Earth. And that was your theory. Congratulations, honey. Well, a lot of people had guessed that, and it was kind of telegraphed by Henry uh, saying that uh, their that his mother's maiden name was Garrick. 
Um, but it definitely has an emotional breakdown. Um, I, I did like the scene between Barry and Iris and her being willing to um, uh, wait for him uh, while he sorted out his head. And I thought that was really touching. And they really made a lot of progress with her as a character this season. And I thought that was a great picture of uh, love, you know. And I think a lot of times love is used on television where it's just kind of, you know, indulgent and having sex. And yeah. it's very nice to have, a, you know, real depictions of love on TV every now and again. Yeah. Um, and then we have Barry deciding, you know, I think so depressed and overwhelmed by everything. And we all make the best. Decides to commit suicide. Well, we all make the very best decisions when we are overwhelmed by emotion. So what he decides to do is to race back in time and uh, stop uh, Thawne from killing his mother. Uh, which... Because it all led to this moment of life, and then if that hadn't happened, none of this would have happened. Um, yeah, there's there's a certain uh, amount. I mean, he couldn't simply go back in time and stop the guy from killing his dad. No, he had to go back and say, try to save everyone, and except who knows who would have arose instead of them, and there wouldn't have been a flash to save them. Yeah, I, I mean. And I believe uh, he just put the guy who did that back on Earth 2. He basically just turned Earth 2 back over to that guy. And maybe that guy will still find a way back over to um, Earth 1. And again, there won't be a splash to save him. Well, and I would... Hold on, though. I will say... That the idea that, um, because for the uninitiated, uh, Ebard Thawne killed Barry's mother, and he took the place of Harrison Wells. And After killing Harrison Wells, too. Yes. And as a result of that, he decided he wanted to accelerate Barry's path to becoming the Flash. What was already implied was that uh, Barry had become the Flash anyway, but um, Thawne didn't want to sit around and wait for it to happen naturally. Um, and so essentially, the season ends with Barry uh, rebooting the Arrowverse, rebooting uh, rebooting the entire um, uh, universe uh, of. Arrow and and the Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, um, and on one hand it does explain because there have been quite a few deaths this season, and near the end of the season you had um, Black Canary dying on Arrow, you had Leonard Snart dying in Legends of Tomorrow, and uh, you had people die throughout the season. You've had a lot of Flash's rogues gallery deployed and disposed of, some of his very best rogues, because the Flash is known for that. 
And this past season, we've been left with a bunch of D-listers because they were all disposed of fairly easily. So this is uh, this is kind of a reboot um, for the Flash, um, and a similar thing led to a reboot in the comic books um, with uh, with the Flashpoint paradox, which I haven't read, but I will read um, before we get into the next season of the Flash. Um, I mean, it opens a lot of opportunities, but this was probably something they were planning throughout the season, and I think that can be problematic, because when you're planning that sort of thing, it can lead to sloppy writing. Uh-huh, yeah. And you know what? They should have put Barry right back in the jail at the, after you know, birthed on, until he was, you know, thinking, clearly thinking clearly again. Yeah, because in many ways, I think there was a great moral and a great point that was reached at the end of the, uh, season one. And in many ways, it, it kind of undid that. And I think it was just the overwhelming amount of pain and what had happened in his life with there being so much loss. And I don't know, I think it may have also come to something for the writers where I think for The Flash to be the type of show that, you know, people expect it to be, um, it, it's it's very hard with him carrying that much baggage. So, you know, and like I said, it serves a broader purpose of rebooting the Arrowverse. It'd also be curious, even though it would make no logical sense, uh, if this also had the effect of bringing Supergirl into the uh, Flash Arrowverse. There is no logical reason why that should happen, but they could use it as a pretext. How so? Well, as a result um, of the universe being rebooted, Supergirl and Superman are now here, and that happened. But it would be a different Superman and a different Supergirl. No, it would be the exact same ones. But they've been clearly established as being in a different universe. Yes, but now they're on the same network. So? So it makes it easier to do crossovers. So they're still logically not in the same universe. Rebooting his universe does not change which universe they're in. Well, and one thing, too, that does make this potentially interesting is because he stopped Thawne when he did, that means Thawne didn't kill Earth-1's Harrison Wells. So that brings back the possibility of Tom Cavanaugh coming back. Yes, and he's playing in a third role. He actually did play that role ever so briefly in season one when it showed how Thawne killed Wells. True. My concern is that they could decide to have the Earth 1 Wells, basically the Earth 2 Wells, only with memory loss. That would be rather lazy writing, considering what we, in every other case that we've seen, the Earth 2 person was pretty different from the, the Earth 1 counterpart. Well, true, but I, I think that what we saw of Earth 2 Wells wasn't actually um, him at his default. It's him having gone through some post-traumatic stress. So expecting that they would be somewhat similar, um, yeah, that's a possibility. It'll be interesting to see how that... I'm not quite following this. 
we don't know what the Earth one wells would have been through, but there's no reason to think he would have been through the types of stuff the Earth do have been through. That's true. So it might be a slightly more relaxed um, and not so traumatized wells, depending on what's happened to him. It certainly, whatever happens, it does leave a lot of room for speculation and a lot of room to create, uh, to kind of recreate this. You just hope they don't really screw up the best parts of the character relationships. And, you know, the possibility of what will happen with Joe is definitely a concern. And definitely more room for the nature versus nurture debate. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, so overall, um, and I, I guess for the season, I, I think that so much of, um, and I will say it was kind of funny, all these months where they've kept referring to uh, Ebard Thawne as Wells, you know, within the first hour, they got that... Uh, that uh, reverse that uh, Zoom was not really Jay Garrick. Very, very quickly. In their defense, they went with a Jay Garrick who's not their, uh, you know, Zalman's doppelganger. Yeah, I guess that would help too. Um, I, I felt that Zoom was really intriguing the first part of the season, but that it really did kind of get bogged down. It felt like the reveal of Zoom's true identity was too quick, and Zoom was just um, a little bit too, you know, I, I think we t discussed it. I think he lacked some of the dynamism, and so I think this was a bit slower than uh, before. But I think there were still a lot of entertaining moments in it. So, I will give both the finale and the whole season uh, seven speedsters out of ten. What say you? Well, it was a tad unnecessarily violent at times, but I think I'll go with eight. For both? Well, just this last episode, I'm not sure about the whole season. Okay. All right, well, uh, uh, I guess another piece of news we need to discuss uh, is, in an, is the latest uh, Marvel uh, series, Captain America, Steve Rogers, begins in issue one, and this is after the reboot of Secret Wars, with the idea that Captain America, Steve Rogers, is an agent of HYDRA and has been all along. Sure, and Uncle Sam is actually you know a terrorist with on the side of isis well i mean the, it, it is really an absurd concept and before isis uncle sam was with the nazis yeah, well i mean so uncle sam was also on the side of the soviet union in the cold war well i, I mean yeah it, it is in many ways you know from what we understand of marvel history somewhat absurd um, and there, there's a lot of outrage on social media about this. Now, it may eventually change, uh, and I would lean towards it probably changing, certainly before we get to the next um, Avengers movie. This is a really oddly time. The only way this they would make anything like this remotely like this work is if it just turns out that he's been like a sleeper agent and that they had stuck something on him weird. Uh, similar to, um, Bucky's brainwashing. 
They, he has the same type of stuff uh, embedded in his head. And for some reason, they've never turned it on ever before. Well, I mean, yeah, I'd be like, well, he, he been de- he's been alive and defeating us for 50 years. We were just luring the world into a false sense of security. I mean, it's just, you know, it's an absurd idea. And, you know... I, like I said, I think probably status quo will change, um, certainly because uh, Captain America isn't just a character in comic books. He is a major part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he's going to be seen in the next Avengers movie, Infinity War. And you can't just, you know, have that going on. I mean, plus he's been Marvel's longest lasting uh, hero since 1941. I mean, for crying out loud. Um, I mean, it's just... And the reason they're doing this is they can't seem to write a good Captain America comic that sells. And it's really, I think, a flaw. And to be honest, you find this... It's obvious they've completely forgotten who Captain America is and lost their sense of who America is in the character. Well, yeah, I mean, they use... That's really the only explanation. If you're not selling... Uncle Sam's stuff it's probably because Uncle Sam's not acting like Uncle Sam well I mean and I think you, you're right there and to be honest when it comes to Marvel and DC there are two heroes that they really don't know how to handle DC really struggles with Superman and I think Marvel really struggles with Captain America because these are not the type of characters you would ever create today because at their best, at their core, they're symbols of uh, goodness and uh, decency and truth. And when you try and write them as these postmodern sort of heroes, it just honestly doesn't work. And that's why these tend not to sell. Because, uh, And it's partially, too, because it's not what Marvel and DC's core audience buys. Uh, is something like Captain America. Uh, And they've tried a lot of things to get people's interest in them. And it's not like they can just abandon the property because people love Captain America. They, you know, they buy the t-shirts. I mean, that's another reason why Captain America will not remain a villain. Because t-shirts. If you are, if you sell a lot of t-shirts, you will be a hero. That is the rule. Unless they, unless they are trying to make the permanent replacement Sam Wilson, uh, who they made Captain America, the new Captain America, before Secret Wars and the Big Universe reboot. You know, Steve Rogers, Uncle Sam. Yeah, yeah. Do they really have, a, and you know, the whole savior motif? Do the, are they really going to try and stick with turning Uncle Sam, messianic figure, and Uncle Sam into associating with the enemy? Because it makes me wonder who's the at real Hydra agents here. Yeah, that's true. And, um, I, you know, I think also back to 
whole Superior Spider-Man arc, where Marvel, essentially, they use the idea of Otto Octavius taking over as Spider-Man in order to generate uh, interest in the title, which had really waned since they had Spider-Man sell his marriage to the devil. Still not buying Amazing Spider-Man after that period. Figured out why sales have tanked. Well, they came back a bit because people got curious about this Otto Octavius as Spider-Man. I don't think this is going to work as well with Captain America because I think people are more just angry and annoyed at the idea. Um, Though there are some people who find the whole idea of Captain America creepy and disturbing and would like him uh, to be a supervillain or to have a boyfriend. Uh, because that's been a campaign recently as well. There's a hashtag give Cap a boyfriend. No. Do you know what this is an indication of? It's forget an indication of that we have forgotten how to be friends. Especially male friendship. Here is this guy from the 1940s who's happily here to remind us of this. Of, you know, how to just befriend somebody. Really good friends with somebody. And not like, you know, go to bed with them. Yeah, that does seem to be um, a problem, and I think in society and in the way that the comics are uh, written. I, I will also say it would be kind of disturbing if they went with that with Bucky, since in the comics, uh, Steve and Buck, Bucky was about 15 when they met. So, yeah, totally not cool. But that is the news, and... Um, well, they did change it in the modern cinematic universe. In fact, um, in the movies, when we first meet them, uh, Bucky is bigger than Rogers. Right, but they're about the same age. But, again, probably the people who are saying that aren't actually familiar with the comics or what the entire... Um, they only know the movie. Yeah, and what the entire implications of that is. Speaking of Captain America, I did actually just finish a Captain America graphic novel, but it's a different Captain America novel. It's called Captain America Patriot, and it's actually about what Marvel has designated as the third Captain America, because uh, Stan Lee uh, wrote of Captain America in 19, the 1960s, he rebooted Captain America, said that the captain, he disappeared during World War II and was presumed dead, and Bucky was dead. And that was the new status quo at Marvel. However, some people at Marvel, uh, the younger writers, uh, opened up some of the older books and said, um... Mr. Lee, you have Captain America disappearing during World War II, but Captain America continued to appear in his own comic book until 1948, and then he reappeared in 1953. How did he do that if he disappeared during World War II? And Stanley was like, oops. You know, Stanley, it's true, really has forgotten more about comics than most people remember, including things that he himself wrote. And so it was developed that there was a second Captain America. That's not entire. That's pretty normal because I had totally forgotten that a character's name used to be Melanie. In fact, I had forgotten, also forgotten that I considered changing it to Erica. Her name, in fact, ended up being Trista. Yeah, well, you just t tend to expect 
more. But to be fair, Stan Lee wrote a lot of stuff and edited a lot of stuff at Marvel in the 1940s, which was then called Tomley. So essentially, what happened at uh, Marvel is they wrote a what-if story. And essentially, after Captain America died, or was presumed dead, Steve Rogers, uh, a character named the Spirit of 76 took over and became Captain America with somebody else disguised as Bucky. And then that character, the Spirit of 76, died, and the Patriot took over as Captain America, a World War II hero. And the Patriot remained Captain America until the 1950s, when somebody else took over and became Captain America Commie Smasher. Um, and thus they explained the gaps in the continuity. And this follows Jeff Mace, a reporter who was actually declared for F. But throughout the war, as a member of the Liberty Legion, fought crime and saboteurs as the Patriot. Then uh, he gets into the midst of a battle to save President Kennedy. The second Captain America is killed, he puts on his spare costume and becomes the third Captain America. Overall, I have to say that I was pretty pleased by the book, particularly the Patriot uh, miniseries, because it was a very lovingly done and beautifully drawn uh, miniseries about a character who had a few comics in the Golden Age and then was mentioned a few times in the Invaders comic book. It really fleshed him out and made him interesting, gave him some great motivations, and a very solid history in the career of Captain America as revised. The one thing I didn't like about it is that it once again tied into the whole idea about the 1940s that any concern about communism was nothing but right-wing paranoia. It's just an ahistorical view that people, you know, like to use, but it's not really true. And it was used as an attempt to invalidate the uh, efforts of Cap in the 1950s as Captain America commie smasher. Uh, in fact, uh, Jeff Mace even comments that Cap was, uh, that this uh, new Captain America was little more than Joe McCarthy in a costume. Which, having read the comics, that's not exactly true. But again, that's the status quo at uh, Marvel. I can't say enough about the art. The art is painted, which, you know, if you get a comic book with painted art, it really is gorgeous. It really is a unique story, even if I don't care for all of the story devices. In addition to the Patriot miniseries, uh, the book also collects um, one of the comics that Marvel put out in honor of the 70th anniversary of uh, Marvel Comics, the uh, All Winners uh, Comics 70, uh, 70th anniversary special. It had some interesting features. The art was not as good. It was really odd. And the storyline is nothing special. There's just some weird poses in here. It's a somewhat lame zombie tale. But the book is rounded out by the original What If story, uh, postulating what's pretty much become the uh, status quo in the Marvel uh, Universe. What if the invaders uh, had stayed together after World War II? And uh, some very... Uh, solid art and it gives you background on what the whole uh, uh, patriot story is uh, based on overall this was a enjoyable book um, captain america patriot despite the flaws i will give the book uh, seven mighty shields out of ten well that's all for now thanks so much for listening from boise idaho this is adam and andrew graham signing off